Welcome. You are now tuned in to the Real Estate Investing Women podcast. Laura and myself, Liz, are a mother-daughter duo that has a combination of lifetime experience. With Laura having over 35 years of experience in the business, and I came in a little over seven years ago with a more modern and virtual approach to investing. Combined, we create a winning formula. We are dedicated to empowering women as they start or scale their own real estate investing journey. We offer a supportive community of like-minded women, up-to-date training and strategies, and showing you how to build a real estate investing business of your dreams around your lifestyle. We are going to share with you the real deal and real life experiences as it comes to real estate investing. Listen in, and today we will address a specific topic and answer your burning real estate questions. Be sure to email in your questions to be featured at questions at realestateinvestingwomen.com. Let's get started. Hello there and welcome. Today we're going to talk about investing in land. And this is a topic in real estate that not a lot of people, mentors especially, talk about because it's not widely known that this is its own category. It has its own special, unique characteristics when it comes to investing. But it's also something that you should look as a real estate investor to get into. Now, I know some investors that exclusively do land investing. I personally have done land investing among other things, but I wanna go over with you about some of the key benefits first about getting into land investing. And then I wanna give you the seven steps of what you need to do to get into land investing. So first of all, I wanna highlight the fact that there is little to no competition because most real estate investors don't think about land when it comes to investing, right? You think about buildings, you think about different types of properties, warehouses, but not land. The second thing is that it's easy to acquire. Landowners tend to be easier to deal with. They're more motivated because they might have been sitting on a piece of land for a long time. They might have to pay for maintenance, cutting the grass and taxes on land that maybe they bought with the intention of doing something, but they never did. So it's easier to acquire. Appreciation. Land values have consistently gone up over long term. Okay, so there is a demand for land because like they always say, they don't make any more land, right? So there is a demand land uh, of land. Passive income, land can generate income in several ways, from leasing to farming to mineral rights. The other thing is with land, I've ended up with pieces of land that I donated to the city and I got huge tax break. So there is income you can generate from the land as well. And it hedges against inflation. Land access a hedging against inflation, maintaining its value far better than other assets because you know you cannot depreciate land right and the other thing is a tangible asset land is tangible asset that you can use and control and that's what i like it's there it's physical it's not gonna go anywhere right so now we're gonna have to look though um investing in land you have to consider different things you have to consider location economy growth projections and so forth and the other thing is uh, it does take a little bit of a different mindset when you get into land investing. So let's go into the seven steps to land investing. First of all is define your purpose. What do you want to do with this land, right? What is your exit strategy? Are you looking for long-term appreciation? Are you looking for development? Are you looking for a passive income? What is your exit strategy for the land? 
Then research, location, location, location is never more important than land. Because even with a structure or a property, even if it's not in the best part of town, you may be able to rent it out anyway. But when it comes to land, it's very specific. What is going on in the area that makes this land something of a good investment, right? And one of the main suggestions I can give you is to stick to primary markets, stick to what is safe, okay? Or stick to something that has a unique feature. For example, you can buy rural land out in the country if it's near a lake or a river or if it's something or it can be a camping lot. You know, you can put a mobile home. It has to have some unique interesting features. Now, how do you research data because of location? There are several websites out there that give free data. One is the, the National Association of Realtors, which is nar.realtor or city-data.com. And they put up a report that lets you know about job growth, economy, all kinds of information that can help you decide if this is a good market to get into land. Then the third step is you have to understand financing-wise. What are your financial options? Now, some of the land can be bought super cheap, right? So like if you buy land out in the country, you can get land sometime for $100, $200, basically just a recording fees. Now, you know, our lands, you can get it for free from the city because they're looking for people to redevelop. Um, and then our land is more uh, valuable, right? So how are you going to finance? What type of lots are you going for? And so then you need to really be clear about that and uh, then come up with a way to, uh, you know, financing. Are you going to look for owner financing possibilities? Are you looking to wholesale or flip land? Yes, you can wholesale and flip land as well. Are you tapping into private funds or your personal line of credit? So create joint ventures, right? with this land, for, with builders, for example. So there's a lot of things you can do when it comes to financing land. Now, the fourth step is finding leads of landowners. How are you gonna find this? Well, the good news is that landowners are usually more motivated than property dwelling owners, right? Especially if they own the piece of land for a while. And uh, some great ways to find these landowners are through tax delinquent records. Like I said, there are people that own land and maybe they inherited it or they were planning to do something with it, but they never got around to and are paying taxes on it. They have to maintain it. So tax delinquent records for me has been a huge uh, lead source for land, vacant land. Also research tools like PropStream, MLS. PropStream is a tool you can find a lot of information like probate properties and different types of properties uh, or land in general. Um, MLS, aging listings, and for sale by owners. So these are some of the best way to find uh, landowners. And like I said, they're usually more motivated even the property owners. Then the fifth step here is marketing. How do you market to landowners? Direct marketing, strangely enough, works really well when it comes to land, especially sending what we call blind offers, where the investor sends a letter with an attached offer to purchase the property in question. So for example, I uh, came across uh, this land one time, I had this house and next to it there was a vacant lot. And uh, I said, you know, it would be really interesting if I could buy the vacant lot, maybe I can build in our house. Um, so I found out the, the property owner 
and uh, uh, through skip tracing, like you do with any other type of real estate, right? You find out I sent a letter and I sent an offer within the letter with the letter saying, hey, I'm interested in buying your lot. Uh, I own the house next door. I'll pay you $5,000. And uh, he, sure enough, he contacted me. He says, I got an offer here. So we talked. He signed off the offer, sent it back to me. Uh, paid him $5,000, went for closing, the regular closing process, paid $5,000. And then I, I was going to build a house and I decided I was not going to do it. I sold it two years later to somebody who was going to build a house and I sold it for $36,000. So that was a good investment. It was costing me only a few hundred dollars a year in taxes to maintain that and just get the grass cut every month or so. Um, so that was a good investment for just $5,000, right? Um, after you um, after you send the letters, though, my uh, suggestion is that you do follow up for a phone call from the, the one you don't hear from. So a week or so later, follow up and say, hey, you know, I sent you a letter with an offer a week ago. I just wanted to follow up if you received it. Right. That can also give a kind of people push to get the conversation started. Now, once you get the property under contract, now you do your due diligence. You have a period in there to do your due diligence. This is where you can contact uh, the zoning department, find out zoning laws, land use regulations, potential restrictions, investigate the property's history, boundaries, environmental factors, and so forth. There is a quite a bit of due diligence that has to go on land, right? Because you want to know, it's depending on what your purpose is for this land, if it conforms with your purpose, right? So the due diligence come in a second step and obviously you want to pull title as well to see what's going on on title for this specific piece of land. Now the seventh step is where everybody finally you get to closing, right? But the time you close though, you should have an exit strategy in place. Are you going to flip the land? Are you going to develop it? Are you going to hold down for it for appreciation? So what is your exit strategy? So, um, and the other thing, like I said, you know, it's land and like I said, a lot of investors don't think land is a good or viable investment just because they don't understand it. The biggest thing I can recommend with land is this number one, buy it in uh, markets that make sense, right? Um, for whatever you do, like I said, it's fine. You buy out in the country, but then again, is it the place where maybe you can develop an RV park or is it near land or water or something that makes sense? Or in the city, is this something where you can build or can you build a park in it or do something? So the purpose has to be there. And second of all is that do your due diligence? Because, you know, with land, you don't want to buy something that you have to go through all kinds of zoning to get it uh, rezoned, right? And you can do that as well, but you want to make sure that there is a possibility that this land can even get rezoned. So, um, that's why I think land is a great investment. It's something that usually doesn't take as much money or commitment from an investor to even buy outright. I mean, let's face it, $5,000, you could put it on your credit card, right? It's like when I bought that 5,000, I didn't put it on a credit card, but I could have. And, uh, and, and like I said, the main thing is like, what is your purpose of? And also the other thing is land historically holds value more than anything else for real estate because it doesn't have a structure on it that can be cumbersome and depreciate, all right? So land is real, land is there, land is land. 
So I wanted to just give you some tips today, some information about land investing, because like I said, it's not a topic that a lot of people talk about. So hopefully this gives you a little more of an idea. Don't be scared, go out there. You'll be surprised uh, how much easier, honestly, is to invest and flip land than properties. And that you might find your niche there in doing so. Okay, so hopefully this was helpful and I'll see you on the next podcast. Take care. And that wraps up another episode of our REIW podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a listener, and we hope you have found today's discussion helpful. If you're looking to take things to the next level or just get started in investing, consider following us on our social media. We are on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it, at Real Estate Investing Women. Or check out our website at www.realestateinvestingwomen.com. Talk to you soon.